cannot control what always happens, but you always can control what you do next and how you respond to whatever you're faced with. This is the Brilliance Leadership Learning Podcast, sharing thought-provoking content and discussions to enhance your leadership development journey. Be sure to subscribe to get notified of new episodes. Here is your host, Chantal Nash, Digital Learning and Engagement Manager from the team at Crotonville, GE's Global Learning Institute. I'm really excited to bring you a very interesting guest today who uh, is a colleague at GE, Jennifer Garrett. She is an internationally recognized author, life coach, and motivational speaker that carries her passion further by helping others to see the path to their goals. As an only child, what's interesting about Jennifer is that she fell in love with the game of American football at age four. She uses multiple subjects to teach people how to accomplish their goals and often uses the game of football to show how the principles needed to win football games can be taken off of the field and applied to your career, your business, and in the personal setting to have a successful life. So Jennifer herself plays the game of life hard and has completed seven college degrees, and let me just list them for you, a BS in electrical engineering, a BS in biomedical engineering, master's of business administration, master of arts in communications and leadership studies, a juris doctor, a master of laws in business transactions, and an LLM in taxation. She completed all of her graduate degrees. If that wasn't enough, she did it while working full-time and raising five children. Jennifer currently works in GE Transportation as the Commercial Operations Leader for the Canadian National, Canadian Pacific, and Norfolk Southern Accounts, and she is also what they call a JAG, which is a Judge Advocate General Officer in the Michigan Army National Guard, and a guest sports writer for websites such as NFLfemale.com and ProFootballGuru.com. Finally, she works with the NFL and collegiate football teams as they look to help their athletes transition to life after football. She has partnered with Royal Fortune Films on production of Fourth and Goal, which is going to be released within the next year. And in December 2012, Jennifer received the GE Women's Network Hall of Fame Real Life Hero Award. So um, that being said, I extend a very warm welcome to you on our podcast, Jennifer. Thank you, Chantal. It's great to be here. So what we're talking about today then is uh, specifically around your book called Move the Ball. Before we get into that, I know I already have told people quite a bit about you, but maybe just tell us a little bit about what you do uh, in your career and a little bit about your personal life. Sure. Yeah, I've had a great career that's been very diverse. As I know, when you mentioned, I have a number of different degrees and I've held roles in engineering, program management, sales, marketing, legal. So I've done a number of different things, all with a purpose, because I feel like having exposure to all these different experience sets has really made me a more valuable employee and asset. And I can bring all those experiences to whatever teams I'm a part of. Um, so I love that I've been able to do so many different things. On the personal side, you mentioned you know, I do have five children. Um, there's a 20 year gap between the oldest and the youngest. So oh, wow. needless to say, they keep me very, very busy um, <laughs> with a number of different activities. Um, but yeah, you know, I, I've, I love all these different phases of life that my children are in and they have different personalities. So it's great to see them go on their journeys and become, you know, wonderful human beings and persons. So I'm enjoying that parenthood experience. And 
what else about me? I love football. So I'm very excited that uh, we'll be going into the football season here pretty soon. Yes. Yeah. And so one question that I had as I was reading, um, you know, especially the intro of your book was how you were talking about how you got involved in football at such a young age. And even in high school, how you would spend time or was it high school even or was it like middle school that you would like sit with the with the football players instead of hanging out with the girls? Yes. Yeah. I'm a tomboy, first and foremost. And I've, I've loved football since I was a kid. So instead of dressing up and doing makeup and things like that, I preferred to be on the football field, hanging out with the guys and just talking about football. Yeah, which is awesome. And my, my question around that was, was there something in particular that like, did you grow up with brothers and, and kind of just saw that? Or was it something that just organically happened where as you learned about football, just from being in school and stuff like that, you realized you really loved it. So I didn't have any brothers. I'm an only child. And I had two parents that loved Chicago Bears football. Uh, okay. And um, so growing up in the in the city, there's a lot of loyal Chicago Bears fans. And uh, I was privileged to grow up with the 85 Bears. So it was a great, uh, great time in Chicago football. And every Sunday, I sat with my parents and I watched Bears football. And one thing that really drew me in as a kid that was that even though it seemed like the game might have been over, there were times where the Bears, as with many other teams, would have these amazing fourth quarter comebacks and just pull off the win. And I just found that fascinating. And then, you know, I just continued to, to watch the sport and drew so many parallels to things that they did on the football field and how you could use those to overcome obstacles and challenges that I was facing growing up. When did you realize that maybe, like, when did you get the idea to write a book about it and kind of help others with that? Or I, I guess I'm sure it probably happened gradually where you realized it could help others maybe, but like what really drove you to say, I need to write about this? Yeah. So I've always had a passion for writing ever since I was a kid. I remember in third grade, I used to write all these little, stories and, and I've loved it. So writing has been something I've I've always enjoyed doing. And I've always loved football and I've always had this passion for inspiring others. So back in twenty eleven I was at the NFC North championship game between the Green Bay Packers and the Chicago Bears. Mm-hmm. Great rivalry. And I was sitting there in the fourth quarter, the bail the Bears were trailing and they were trying to make a fourth quarter comeback. And there was a moment in that game where it was a fourth down, and the Bears had to go for it. And uh, Lovie Smith, the Bears coach at the time, took a timeout. And during that timeout, I started thinking about, if I were Lovie Smith, what play would I run to be able to convert that fourth down? And then I started thinking about, this is all of like a two-minute time frame, right? I started thinking about, (laughs) well, you know, in life we have these situations where we're faced with fourth downs. And what do you do? When you're facing with that type of situation, do you go for it? Do you punt? There's all these factors that play into whether or not you do go for it or not. And so it was that moment that I decided I'm going to write this book. And so uh, the Bears ended up losing that game at the whole way home. And I lived in Michigan at the time. It was a three and a half hour drive. The whole way home, I was just putting ideas on paper. I was not driving. <laughs> so I was wow. a passenger and just, uh, <laughs> just put all this down. So that was how I, uh, how I got the idea to write the book. Yeah. Oh, that's great. And just to take a quick minute, if anybody wants to pause the episode and look up the book again really quick, you can find it on Amazon. And again, the title is Move the Ball by Jennifer A. Garrett. So just if you want to check it out uh, before we get into the rest of this here. But 
so I mean, let's talk about it. We we have um, well, I should say the book has twenty six chapters, and I thought it was interesting that you sort of called that out at the beginning. So tell our listeners what the significance uh, is of of the twenty six chapters. Sure. So twenty six chapters represents the jersey number that my son wore when he played high school football, and in the book I also share stories about that football program and and how it did play a a factor in me writing the book. And so I just thought it was very neat to kind of do something cool with my son who did play an inspiration in the book as well. And so that's why there's 26 chapters. Right. And that's a great segue into sort of the next topic I want to talk about, which is part of your, your book. Um, Well, so first of all, the book is organized sort of into these three parts or these three concepts, I guess, of planning, acting, and believing. And part of this first concept is clear goal identification and alignment. And as you were talking about going into uh, sort of the the orientation for your son's football team and how the coach at some point was talking all about his goals and his philosophy, and then at the end asked, are you with me? And how that was sort of something you didn't expect And then how you're translating this into not only the people around you, but also the concept of, are you with you? That really struck me. I just, I loved how you positioned that. So talk to us a little bit about this first concept of identifying your goals. Sure. So in a football game, the goal is pretty clear, right? You want to put more points on the board than the other team. But when we look at our own lives, it's not quite as black and white. There's a lot more ambiguity. What is it that you want to set for yourself? What does success look like for you? And so in the book, I talk about spending time thinking about defining what is winning look like to me. And so that's the, the goal setting process. And then once you've identified the goal, you know, asking yourself, are you with you? Meaning, are you aligned to that goal? Are you mentally, physically, spiritually committed to whatever goal it is that you put on paper. And you said, this is what success looks like for me. So you're aligning yourself around that first and foremost. And then you also want to align others with that goal. Whether that's in the workplace or a personal goal, you want to have a team on board that's going to either help you take action to move that ball forward, provide emotional support, networking, whatever opportunities they may be able to create. Um, you, but you need to have them aligned with you. And so making sure that they're with you as you set out on this journey to success. And that's so important, I think, because even if you have those goals, it's such a great point that you might have a goal, but looking at, are you really ready to make the sacrifices? I know that's something that you mentioned in the book is, you know, there's sacrifices involved. There's things that might really suck about it. So you really have to be clear is this something that that you're willing to do? Um, and of course, that those around you um, maybe are aware of that too, to to align, as you say. Uh, and then so leveraging teammates, that's part of what you do in a sport. But what about the potential constraints and the conflict that comes with that? One thing that I liked that you said as well is within a football game, you know, sure, situations, you know, the situation itself, the game changes in different ways, but it's kind of different in terms of life, how um, on a grander scale, sometimes things can shift. So how in terms of addressing constraints and conflict, what, what advice would you give on that? 
Sure. So um, first of all, like I mentioned, you want to have alignment to the goal. And so let's talk in the work context for a second. For example, you have your teammates, coworkers, colleagues, and you're, you're all aligned to a business priority or objective, right? And so as you continue towards executing on that goal, there may be obstacles that come to play, maybe issues that you didn't know about before you started the journey, and there may be conflicts within teams because of competing priorities, deadlines, customer commitments, etc. So really, it's important to hash those things out early in a very professional manner, have the healthy debate, but understand that you're all committed to whatever the goal is, and you're just trying to figure out how is it that you're going to move the ball forward, what adjustments do you need to make as an example? Um, what do you need to implement into your playbook that you may not be doing currently that could help navigate around the conflict or, or a constraint? And so really just thinking critically through that, but pulling in all the affected stakeholders and team members to have those dialogues. Some people don't like conflict and they don't like having those difficult conversations, mm -hmm. but it's important to have those because it's for the betterment of the team as a whole or the business as a whole. Sure. Yeah. And as it pertains to, I mean, the title of your book is Move the Ball. So in terms of keeping that ball moving, especially when you don't always have all of the information you might need, right? Yeah. So oftentimes you don't have 100% of the data to make a decision. So, and you can't wait for 100% of the data to come because oftentimes it's not. So you're going to have to make assumptions and then act on those assumptions. I mean, good data-driven assumptions. And then if you have to pivot along the way, that's okay too. But you want to keep moving forward and don't just wait to try to get everything that you know. If there's a critical element that you don't know and you really need to know going forward, then I would spend time trying to figure that out as much as you can. But again, sometimes you're going to have to say, you know, this is 90% of, of what we think is, is truth and we're just going to have to go and We'll, we'll adjust along the way if need be. Yeah. Yeah. And so along that same line, when things might not go our way or maybe roadblocks are thrown our way, how can we think of how we respond to those situations? Sure. So one of the things that I talk about often is we cannot control what always happens, but you always can control what you do next and how you respond to whatever you're faced with. And so sometimes things come across our path that just really frustrate us. And it's okay. It's okay to be frustrated. It's okay to take a time out and process through those negative emotions. For example, let's say you were working on a proposal, competitive proposal, and you didn't win. And you spent all this time and energy working on it with all the team, and that's personal, right? You feel like, man, that really sucks that we didn't win this business. But you can't just stay in that negative. you got to figure, okay, well, what do we do now? How are we going to continue along um, our path, whatever the objective is, if you're trying to penetrate a new market, for example, um, or move into an adjacency? What else can we do? So it's picking yourself back up after that setback, Ocala, and just continuing to move the ball forward. But you, you can't, like, ignore what happened. So you just need to learn. So use every opportunity as a learning experience, first and foremost, and then figure out how you can use what you've learned to position yourself for future success going forward. Yeah. And I think the story that you shared about uh, multiple setbacks that you had, I believe it was when you were 
trying to get was it getting registered for the uh judge advocate general and the paperwork didn't go through it was like one at first it was like something about your eligibility i think and then also the paperwork am i am i getting that right or (laughs) yeah so basically what happened was i had moved from one state to another and so um i had to get barred um i'd take the michigan bar and because of that and the bar is only held twice a year and just from the timing of it, my application packet for the JAG Corps had expired. Yeah. And so I got the phone call when I was flying through Minneapolis saying that, hey, you know, your paperwork has expired, so you're going to have to go through this process again, and it's a painful process. And so there was a moment where I, and I wrote about this in the book, that I was like, oh, no, I'm not doing this because it's just a lot of work. And then I processed through that frustrating moment and said, okay, You know, is this important to me or not? And if it is, then we just need to keep moving forward and figure it out. So I called up my recruiter and I said, okay, what do I need to do? And because it was important to me. And so, you know, I went through the process again. But it's really important to, I mean, it's okay to be frustrated. It's okay to question, like, do I want to do this? But And then if the answer to that question is, yes, this goal is still important, then you just need to figure out how to get it done. Yeah. Yeah. Something that I, uh, there was a speaker that came to uh, a meeting that I was at recently that just talked about, aligned with your concept of, of this mental mental toughness, um, just that even physiologically, your situation has zero impact on how you have to feel about it. And of course, like everything, and even as you talk about in the book also, everything takes practice including how maybe you emotionally respond to things. And for me, that was really interesting that that's possible. Um, You know, usually we think of emotional things like being frustrated as just such an automatic response. And I'm sure to some degree you you can't do away with them completely. And I would be worried if there was somebody who had no emotions um, naturally. But that whole idea that you can control it and you can prepare yourself for situations to be more in control, I think was really, really interesting. And so um, that really hits home what you're talking about here. Yeah, it's definitely just being more mindful of your emotions. We all, we're human beings, right? So we experience happiness, joy, sadness, anger, this wide spectrum of emotions due to experiences every day. And so just being mindful of how you allow those emotions to consume your day. Uh, Obviously, the pleasant emotions you want to have more of, but the negative feelings, you know, I try to minimize how much of that affects my day because, you know, we have 24 hours in a day and you should control how you want to spend that. And if you're spending it in a negative place and that's not really productive for you and it's not productive for the people around you who are observing you in that situation. Yeah. Okay. So let's talk about blitzes now and maybe in case there's anybody who's not familiar with american football or what a blitz is um explain at a high level what what is a blitz in football yeah so a blitz is basically a defensive move it's a high pressure move that the defense uses on the quarterback to try to get the quarterback to fumble the ball turn it over uh throw in a bad pass and they can intercept it possibly so it's it's really a a high pressure tactic against the quarterback And in the book, what I talk about is this concept of recognizing 
the blitz and what does that mean in our personal lives? So a fundamental principle in the book is I analogize you to being the quarterback on your life's field. And so you're focused on how you're going to move the ball forward. While you're on that field, you need to be aware and mindful of who else is playing that game both alongside you and against you. And so blitzers are people that are intentionally limiting your forward progress or trying to limit it. And so you need to recognize that they exist and figure out how you're going to navigate around them. So what plays are you going to have in your playbook so that you can get through them and continue to move the ball down the field? Yeah. And an important part of that is blitzes happen very quickly. So it's not always something that you can necessarily plan for. And there's different kinds of them. So I have to say, I particularly liked that you um, sort of characterize blitzes like ice cream scoops. <laughs> yeah. I, I um, Everything related to ice cream has extra meaning for me. So I was like, okay, yeah. Um, but yeah, there's different kinds. They happen quickly. And, you know, just to be honest, you can't, sometimes you do get knocked down. So it's, uh, you mentioned celebrating your many successes, but then also when you, when you do have setbacks, just to learn from them throughout the book, you have these cool little quotes to kind of reiterate the points that you're making. And there's that one about basically it just, it doesn't matter how many times you get knocked down, as long as you stand back up after, no matter how many times it is, as long as you stand up one more time, then you fall down, then you're still, you're still going. Right. Yeah. And, you know, I, I believe that everything happens in our lives for a purpose. And we come across these experiences to grow us and shape us into better people, both professionally and personally. And in the book, I talk about a very real experience that I went through with lots of blitzers, people that were very unprofessional yeah. and very mean and engaged in ethical, um, questionable ethical conduct. And living through that was, um, I was in that role for three years, and it was a very emotionally challenging time. But what I tell people is, if I had to go back and do it again, and I could pick a different path, I wouldn't, because that experience taught me, I grew so much from learning how to deal with those situations, yeah. that I'm forever thankful that I had that experience, even though it didn't feel like fun going through it. Yeah, no, I, I can attest to that. Um, some of the stories that you include in here are just kind of crazy. So I think for folks interested in reading this, there are some really great insights gathered from that. And like you say, the fact that you wouldn't change it, I think I think that says a lot about what you've learned from that. So of course, in games and football, there's this concept of a game clock as well. So talk about managing the game clock and, and how that applies to or how we can use that in our lives. Sure. So American football games have 60 minutes of regular regulation time is what it's called, right? Playing time. And teams have to manage that game clock effectively because in many situations, not always, you will come down to the fourth quarter and the team is trying to make a comeback to win. And they're being very mindful of how many minutes or seconds are remaining on the clock. In our lives, we don't have... 60 minutes. We don't know how many minutes we have. We do know that there's 24 hours in a day. And every day that we are blessed to be alive is an opportunity for us to maximize the use of that quote unquote game clock. So it's really about being deliberate with how you spend your time, whether it's in the workplace 
or not. In the workplace, you have eight, 10, however many hours you are at work. How are you gonna allocate that time? Are you doing things that are productive? Being busy doesn't mean you're being productive. So it's really thinking about what am I doing today? And am I really maximizing the use of my time to achieve the objectives that I want to achieve? Outside of the workplace, you have whatever remaining time is left, right? And that's different for each and every one of us. But again, how are you utilizing that time to do things that are important to you outside of work? So are you being purposeful and deliberate with the time that you have? Right, yeah. And then one thing that I like that you mentioned too, sort of towards the end of your book is that, um, you know, we've, we're talking about all of these things that we can do to kind of go through these things that, that life is throwing at us and managing ourselves. But you also mention that you, um, in terms of being a leader are, you know, we, we get observed by others around us as well. And how are we helping coach other people and, and helping them? Yeah. I mean, I, I think it's important to inspire others through not only your words, you know, I do put out a lot of motivational content through a number of social channels, but it's not just your words that can inspire people. It's your actions and how people observe you in the situations that you are faced with in everyday life inside the workplace and out. And so, you know, just being mindful about I have an impact on other people and there's a message there's things that I leave behind by interacting with people. And so, you know, I would challenge each of you to think about what is the message that you're leaving behind and are you inspiring people or are you not by your conduct, your actions, as well as your words? Yeah, absolutely. What are some aspects of football that maybe you would not recommend applying to life? <laughs> um, high speed head to head collisions are not good. <laughs> you know, I mean, I, I think that something that we see a lot in football is you've got some great athletes that who are wonderful people, both on and off the field. And then you've got some people that are not quite as great. They, they, you know, like to showboat. They are just not of good character, you know, outside of the football arena, that they're not really mindful of the messaging that they're communicating to the public, to their fan base. And so, you know, I would think about whether or not you're of a celebrity status or not. I mean, who you are is, carries with you in all aspects of life. So, you know, the person that you are at work should be the person that you are outside of work. Right. It should be the person that you are in the home. It should all be consistent with your core values and who you are and be mindful that people are always watching and, and forming impressions of you, whether or not you, you intend to give those or not. Yeah, no, that's that's a great point. Is there anything else that you want to share about the book or just things that you've learned from the game of football? There is one thing that I would like to share, but it's not so much tied to the book or football, but more just something to think about in life. And what that is, you know, we all have things that excite us and interest us. And I would um, just encourage people to really spend their time, both in terms of a profession as well as outside of the workplace, doing things that, that they find to be fulfilling. In life, you know, like I mentioned earlier, we don't know how many days that we have on this earth. And we oftentimes 
take tomorrow for granted and one day there won't be a tomorrow. And so for me, my approach is really to live each day purposefully. And it's not just about stopping and smelling the roses, right, and, and enjoying the little things in life, but it's really drawing as much as you can out of the day and maximizing it both in terms of what you get out of it, but also what you contribute to others. Um, so, you know, I think it's just being mindful of, of how you can make an impact on others and make use of the day both for yourself as well as for the people around you. Absolutely. Hey, such important lessons. And you are such a great example of that. I can definitely say that even just knowing you for such a short time, uh, you definitely exhibit all of those, all of those qualities. So great work that you're doing. I'm so happy that we've been able to talk with you today. And uh, if anybody's interested in learning more or just kind of connecting with Jennifer, her website is jenniferagarrett.com. And we will put these in the show notes so that if you are wondering about spelling or can't find it, you will have the links there. So that's the website. She also has an Instagram account at move the ball. And again, you can also find the book on Amazon. The book's called Move the Ball, How the Game of American Football Can Help You Achieve Your Life Goals. Thank you again so much for allowing me the opportunity to, to come and do this podcast with you. Absolutely. Thanks so much, Jennifer. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe on iTunes, follow us on SoundCloud, and of course, like, comment, rate, and share. Thanks for listening.